Hi, and welcome to the Walton Biz Talk. I'm Summer Stahlbomber. And I'm Jesse Schnabelin. And this season, we are talking about leadership, and we thought, who better to talk about leadership than the leader of Fayetteville? So we got Mayor Jordan to come speak with us. Mayor Jordan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you thank very you. much. It's great to be here. Um, we were wondering, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, we know you're the mayor, but... <laughs> <laughs> what do you like to do? Besides the office. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, some of, you know, my family's lived in the northwest Arkansas area since 1866, so we go back a ways. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've lived, uh, I've lived in, in, uh, in uh, the city of Fayetteville for, uh, since 1972, so, you know, that's uh, about 46 about 46 years or so so it's been uh, it's been a long time I, in fact I moved here in March of 1972 so that'd be about 46 years ago so. Oh, wow so a long time I've been in city government this is my um, my uh, 18th year I'll have 20 years in by the time I finish this term two terms on city council three years uh, three years as the mayor first time in the history of the city they've elected uh, a mayor three times here Oh, wow. um, that's cool. So yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. I was uh, I was here on campus for 26 years. Hmm. I worked uh, in facilities management. I was uh, I started off as a skilled trades worker at uh, the carpenter shop, and I went into middle management. And while I was at the university, I was also the president of the ASME 0965 union here on campus, um, uh, which they're they're doing a rally this weekend. I will be attending. Uh, it's still my union. I still belong. I'm still a part of it. Okay. So uh, it's right here on campus. Um, and while I was uh, working at the uh, at the university, I was also a a uh, city council member. I was elected in 2000. And you, at that time, you could work here and do council member part time. And then, of course, when I became mayor, I became mayor full time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I we just celebrated our. Uh, 42nd anniversary oh, on wow. uh, the 27th. <laughs> Happy uh, anniversary, yeah. And uh, we have four children and uh, six grandchildren. Um, so um, it's been a life of service for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's, been, it's been good. Um, it, it's great to be the mayor of this city, very progressive. Mm-hmm. I always yeah. tell folks we're not <laughs> aggressive about anything except one thing, we're aggressive about being progressive. <laughs> So, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. <laughs> so, so we're, we're uh, I like to say we're on the cutting edge of, of anything progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, just our positions here in the last few years will bear that out. Mm-hmm. Very um, cool. We'll get into probably a little more of that as we go along with this interview. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we'll, we'll learn a lot about what you have to say about leadership. But before we really chat about it, can you define leadership? Like, what does leadership mean to you? Service. Service? Okay. It's, uh, um, you know, I, I have a, a sign in my office that uh, describes uh, my guiding principles. It's worked well for my staff and the citizens. And it says that uh, we believe in an open door and an open mind and an open heart. We believe in an open door where everybody's accepted. We believe in, I believe in a partnership-based government where everybody's mm-hmm. a part owner of this uh of the uh, city government no matter what the color of their skin or their religious belief or what country they come from or who they love i believe that everybody's a part owner of this city so and uh, we believe uh, in an open mind where everybody can express themselves and let their voice be heard 
I believe that's very important in this day and time. People's voices heard you, you know, I, and then, then lastly, I believe in an open heart. I believe in serving rather than being served. And I've spent a lifetime in service, and those guiding principles have—I was learned—I learned those as a child. And mm -hmm. Those guiding principles have served me well over the years. So, to me, leadership is first—you've got to know how to serve, mm -hmm. and once you get that concept down, you'll know how to lead. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> Did you always imagine yourself in this kind of leadership position? <laughs> <laughs> no, the short answer would be no. <laughs> uh, what did you originally plan to do? I was, uh, you know, I just, I really wanted, I believed that, that I was destined to do something. I don't think I really knew what that was until mm -hmm. I became a uh, council member. I worked real hard in the labor movement. I've been a labor activist and a social justice activist for as long as I can remember. Hmm. Um, and I knew that, you know, there's certain things I never have uh, sort of promoted my agenda. I figure that if you're a good servant, then people will say, well, that individual knows how to serve and mm -hmm. let's put them in a position where they can serve other people. And then soon you're serving more people and then more people and then more people. I know that seems pretty simplistic here when <laughs> we're doing the interview, but I still get, keep going back to service, I knew I was destined to serve. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I knew that I was destined to lead. I just don't think I, I really knew where exactly that was. And I went through a lot of ups and downs and and struggles. Mm -hmm. And then when I got on the council, I was probably 46 when I was elected. And then I knew what I was gonna do, what I was really, really made to do. And a lot of people say, well, do you want to be in a higher office? you want to do something else? I do not. <laughs> this is the job I want to do. Yeah. This is what I was made to do. Hmm. And you find what you're good at and you stay with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, leadership is, you know, my day begins at 4.30 in the morning and it ends at 11 o'clock at night. And it goes oh six and seven <laughs> days a week. Yeah. And it's, but it's something you, you got to love. Hmm. I love being in the midst of the people and, and letting them express their thoughts, even when they're critical. <laughs> you know, because that's what our government's about and that's what leadership's about. I mean, when you get in these kind of positions, it's you suddenly realize it's no longer you. <laughs> it's us. <laughs> and what, how are we going to change things together? How are we going to go to another level we've never been before? You know, Lao Tzu teaches us in the Tao. He says, if you never depart, you never arrive. And where you are right now, you have to get on a journey and go places you've never been before to arrive where you're going to be or you're going to be stuck right where you are. I've never been one to want to be stuck. I'll keep progressing and keep going down that journey. Same thing with this city. This city isn't going to get stuck. We're going to progress and we're going to move forward. Mm -hmm. Either going forward or you stopped or you're going backwards. We've got, we got to keep going. And... Uh, no, I never planned on being the man. <laughs> yeah. But over the years, it progressed into that. Hmm. So before 46, you were never like, I want to be a mayor. Like that's... <laughs> I just knew that I was destined to serve. Yeah. Really. Okay. And uh, that uh, in whatever capacity that, was, that might be. And I know that, you know, when we look at, I do Meals on Wheels, mm -hmm. but 
and I volunteer my time to to help on uh, in homeless situations to bring people clothing and food. But I was doing that before I ever became a mayor. Mm -hmm. That was just always in me, and uh, and it's just been a life service. So would you say that the roles you were in before? Do you think they prepared you? to lead a city, or would you say that oh, yeah. nothing... Okay. Oh, no. I, I won't say that. I won't, I won't say that, because every experience that I've experienced in all the books, I'm a reader, mm-hmm. and uh, um, I learned how to speed read. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was born, I was born with a birth defect. I just had one eye. I have amblyopia, which is the bl- mm-hmm. uh, blind eye, blindness, and it was difficult for me to keep up school, but they taught me how to read with just the one eye, and I learned how to speed read. And at one time, at one time when I was a little younger, I probably did about 600 words a minute, but I'm not quite maybe that fast oh my now. At this age, but when I was younger, I could really, and still, I read every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, reading just really turned my whole life around. I mean, you can self-educate yourself if you can read. I mean, it'll take you anywhere. It'll open doors that you never thought imaginable if you just read and, and look at uh, me. So I would study, uh, I would read Steinbeck, and I would, I would study Gandhi, and I would look at what uh, Gandhi and what uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was doing and, and looked at their readings and teachings and, and uh, um, you know, read Emerson and to run. You know, it just gets a good perspective of everything, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll it'll propel you places. I mean, if you're a reader, I mean, it, it it gets you where you need to go. Yeah, I I agree. I love reading. I love it. And you said Gandhi. I um I'm taking a literature of nonviolence class. Absolutely. Um, and we're reading a lot of Gandhi, and it's just fascinating to read. It is. Um, and I love it. What would you say some of your favorite books are? Not necessarily by Gandhi, obviously. But. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I liked uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm, classic. And I love uh, Steinbeck. Uh, okay. I think uh, my favorite book by Steinbeck is To a God Unknown. Mm-hmm. And the other one's Graceful Wrath. Some of the books that I read, but I read a whole bunch of <laughs> books. Uh, um, there's. Um, there's, uh, it's just, uh, I'll probably read, oh, I'll read probably a couple of books a week, so I'll. Oh, my goodness. Well, there's not always big, thick books. Don't everybody say, oh, he's, he's reading, you know, they're, you know, they're smaller books, but I'll, I'll churn out a couple of books, subjects I'm interested in, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I, you know, I've, I read, I'll read, uh, a lot of historic books. I think uh, the gentleman from Moscow. I just mm-hmm. finished that. The gentleman from Moscow. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just a fantastic book. Um, the man that he became uh, was another great book about FDR and, and the mm-hmm. the the challenges he faced when he he uh, got polio and mm-hmm. just the years uh, between the time he got polio, he became president. That that struggle that he. Had, Things a lot of times are a struggle, mm-hmm. and you've got to be—you know—you've got to be strong enough to keep your eye on what you've been, what you—you you know who you are, and you overcome those struggles. I mean, you know, Steinbeck's *The Pearl*, um, just a classic book. Uh, um, I just, well, you—you know—you. I think in today's society, we see folks that are. Uh, a lot of people uh, in a lot of different areas. <laughs> you know, it's not about a self-centered type of, of thing. It's a, it's a community. Mm-hmm. It's a hum- humanity thing. 
it's knowing that we're all important. Right. That we all matter. You know, I come in every morning, I, my, um, I'm the mayor, but I never fail that when my custodial workers are cleaning the floor that I don't take the time to thank them for cleaning that floor or cleaning those bathrooms. Other, otherwise, the whole building would be dirty and, and, and unsanitary. But thanks to them and the job that they do, mm -hmm. that does not occur. So that means they're just as important as I am. They just have a different job. Mm -hmm. Totally. So if you want to know something about leadership, always be one to thank the people that work for you because without the support of my staff, Mm -hmm. and support of the citizens of this city, support of the university and the school system. We, we, I couldn't accomplish anything in the city alone. You can't do anything, mm -hmm. but all of us together, knowing that you're a partner and a part owner, mm -hmm. we, change, we change the city, we say it change the state, we change the world, change the nation. We are changing the nation. Yeah. <laughs> we are. We're a progressive town. We are. Yeah. I was going to, one of the questions that we had planned on asking you that I think you just answered was, you know, tell us about your team or, you know, how important is teamwork to your job? So can you speak a little bit more to that? Like, what is your team like and, and what does it take to, to run a city together? Well, we sit around and we talk about where we're going to go. Okay. And you get a vision. you got to have a vision. Uh, without any kind of vision, you're not going anywhere. And I always believe that the leader's got to be the first one in and the last one out. You got to lead by example, and you and, uh, and there's a trust level that you have. Now I don't micromanage people; that's just not my style. I get people that's that knows what they're doing, mm -hmm. and then I let them do what they do. And if they need some help, they'll let me know. I just tell them I want to go from point A to point B, and you get me there. And, you know, I don't care who gets the credit. I really, really, truly don't. I said, we go from point A to point B. I get up and we do the press conference in the end. And I said, because of the idea that Augusta had for the welcoming plan that we're rolling out to the city council tomorrow night, well, she's done all the legwork on it. So I certainly give her uh, all, all the credit. I just get to go and pick up the awards. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's my staff. You'll be as successful as the people that work for you make you. Mm -hmm. And they got to have trust in you. And when the going gets tough, you don't throw them under a bus. I take the responsibility. And I take it very seriously. And at the end of the day, Sometimes you don't always want to have to take that responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're in a leadership role, you've got to set the example. Mm -hmm. And that staff, we have a real easy uh, thing that I always tell them. I said, the way this works, I take care of you and you take care of me. And the wheel just goes round and round. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, um, so you talked about in your State of the City address in 2017, you talked about the soul of Fayetteville. Um, I was wondering if you could touch on that, um, sort of what you think the soul of Fayetteville is, why people come here, and more importantly, why people stay here, why it's one of the, I mean, in a lot of lists, it's one of the best cities to live in in America. Yeah. You know, you can market anything. Y'all are in business, so you understand marketing. Mm -hmm. You can market your parks, or your schools, or your trails, you can market... Um, 
the, your business community, and, and by the way, we have a tremendous business community. We're averaging a business a day coming mm. into this city. Oh, wow. A day. <laughs> um, you can market all that. It's really not what we market. It's a belief system. Mm. We believe it's not what we market. I heard somebody say that once. I can't remember who it was, but it's not what you market. It's it's not what we market, it's what we believe. We believe in one another and it's community building community and that draws people in. Uh, social justice issue, we passed civil rights ordinance in 2014 for LGBTQ community and because we wanted everybody to feel included and did we take some heat over that? Did I take some heat <laughs> over that? Yes, I did. Yeah. But you know what? It was worth it. Mm -hmm. And you know, we always tell folks, I believe that uh, um, Black Lives Matter because it does. I believe, and I truly believe that women's rights are human rights. Mm -hmm. I think that people that come from foreign countries should be welcomed in a city. And I will tell you this, I don't believe in building walls up around a city. We don't build walls around a city. We tear them down and we build bridges of love one to another where everybody's welcome where everybody feels supported, where everybody feels safe. Mm. That's the soul of this city. That's a wonderful soul. I'm yeah. glad, I'm proud to live here. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Me too. I definitely felt that. I'm from central Arkansas, but I've lived in Fayetteville for about eight or nine years. And I remember when I came here, one of the things that, uh, I don't know, it, was just, it felt different. Like I came here, it felt really different. And then after living here for about a year, there was a sense of community that I experienced yeah. that I hadn't experienced anywhere yeah. else before. And it really just made me stay. So, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you. It's a belief system, like a feeling. It's, um, just, it's awesome. It's just, it, I mean, yeah. if you've been here a while, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Mean, you come here and you, there's, that, there's that togetherness, mm -hmm. that's that feel of, of we're all working together as, right. as, as co-owners, as partners of this place, and let's move it forward. Yeah. Let's, let's shove it places it's never been before. <laughs> yeah. Let's push the envelope. Yeah, definitely. Let's go someplace we've never mm -hmm. been before so we can be what we've really been, what we've been destined to be. Uh, but, you know, it, when, when we talk about uh, progressive cutting edge things, you look at our energy action plan. Mm -hmm. Now, there's only 54 cities in the United States that got an energy action plan like that, and one of them is right here. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we're going to get off the fossil fuels. We're going to get on clean energy. We're going to get all of our city buildings off uh, by 2030 and citywide by 2050. That's our goal. Cut to greenhouse gas emissions. We owe that. You know, I, you know, I always tell folks, well, I, once I was young and now I'm, well, I'm older. And so, <laughs> but we owe that to the next generations mm -hmm. and their children. That's why you preserve Kessler Mountain. That's why you preserve uh, Millsap. Mountain over here, we have preserved 860 acres of urban forest and green space wow. since I've been in office. Wow. What? And that's been awesome yeah. to do. Never be touched again. Hmm. And, and that, and you know, I always tell folks if this, if this city lasts 10,000 years, they'll never remember who the mayor was of the city council, but that urban forest will be there forever. Hmm. So if you want to leave some kind of legacy, that's a good one to leave. Right. And, um, but, you know, that's just some of the examples of some of the stuff that we do. The, uh, uh, I've worked, uh, you know, we put up Black Lives 
uh, Black History Month banner. Mm-hmm. Went, it went, what, viral a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. It did. That got a lot of traction. I mean, it went all over, all over the nation, and the Energy Action Plan has gone all over the nation. Our social justice positions, and is, is, it goes everywhere, and that's really important because I think that is a draw. If you want a good, solid, healthy um, business climate, mm-hmm. you've got to do the, the kind of cutting-edge stuff. You've got to be willing to do today the stuff other folks won't do to have tomorrow, the things that they won't be having because they haven't paid the price now. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And with the Energy Action Plan and also with things like um, the Black Lives Matter banner and just... Um, I think just awesome things, but also very progressive. And I'm sure in a town in the heart of Arkansas and also in the heart of the Bible Belt, I'm sure you felt a lot of, (laughs) um, I guess, pushbacks on things, some of those progressive views. Can you talk a bit about how you deal with those on a day-to-day basis? Well, you know, here's an interesting thing, I believe, even when people disagree with you. You've got to be willing to hear that perspective and know that that freedom of speech is protected under the Constitution of the United States and that belief is protected under the Constitution of the United States. It's, you know, the interesting thing, what we need to understand in this country, somebody can be sitting across the table from you and have an entirely different belief than what you do. Mm-hmm. And you have an entirely different belief than what they believe. But you can accept one another knowing that you're both under the umbrella of the Constitution of the United States. And as I heard somebody say one time, that's when you can hold hands and sing land of the free and home of the brave and counting meaning for a change. That's how I get through that. Hmm. I know they have a right. And I'll protect those rights just like I protect my belief system. That's what government should do, is protect everybody's rights. And you're, I would say, whenever you're just in your day-to-day duties of, um, I'm going to say, marrying, <laughs> the act Mary. of being mayor, um, are, there, are there still surprises and shocks to you? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about those oh. and how you deal, I guess, with the unexpected? Um, you know, you can, you can be going along and then... Suddenly, you know, you know, you come into the office, and I'm up, at, and I'll just give you a little. I have everything laid out every day. Okay. I mean, I'm just a real stickler about having <laughs> everything in, you know, lined up what I'm mm-hmm. going to do the next day. And I already know what my schedule is going to be, which is, you know, I'm going to be here, I'm going to be there. Um, but you, you, you run on these offices. And you have this platform you run on. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. <laughs> and it's in probably about between 80 and 90% of everything I told people I was going to run on, we've done here. There's been no surprises. But it was like when I first came into office in 2009, we had an ice storm. It's $3 million worth of damage to this city in 24 hours. That you don't expect. Right. We're working. I've been in office three weeks <laughs> and we find out that the economy is tanked because that was when we hit the recession mm-hmm, yeah. we had three million dollars worth of damage to our city in 24 hours power was out for five days mm-hmm. for people I mean trees had crashed down through houses and it was just I mean 
that's when you know what kind of leader you're going to be. Because it's not the thing that you expect. It's the things that you don't see coming that you don't expect will determine what kind of leader. How do you perform in a situation like that will determine what kind of leader you're going to be. We begin to, I begin to say, because I was trained on this campus on emergency uh, hmm. planning and action that kicked in. And we were talking about things to prepare you to do the next job. Right. <laughs> That's something I learned right here on this campus. <laughs> and um, that training kicked in. I said, okay, we've got to make sure that the roads are open to get to the hospitals and we got to get the trees out of the people's homes and we got to get some generators in here. So that, that begins to kick in. And that's what determines, yeah, that was a big surprise to me, three weeks in. Hmm. And I always tell the story. <laughs> I just left the campus and I was looking out one day out the windows and I saw this big, huge, beautiful tree just the, uh, the weight of the ice, it just crashed. And you know, I'm thinking, oh, thus goes my political career. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking, I'm looking, uh, and uh, they said, uh, Chancellor Gerhardt is on the phone. And he said, how are you doing, Mayor? And I said, well, I've had better days. How about you, Chancellor? And he said, well, we're, we're making it up here. And he said, you have anything I could do for you? Or, I said, yeah, I got one question to ask you. I said, is my old job still available to me? <laughs> he said, no. He said, it's not. I think you do just fine where you are. He was just, I love that story. That was, and it just kind of, but it's those kind of things. You don't expect to blow up, say, a six-foot hole in the middle of College Avenue at 3 o'clock in the morning, which stops traffic, and you've got to get that all repaired. You, you, you don't expect when one of your main uh, lines coming into the city, which is a four-foot diameter uh, pipe that carries the water, blows out, and you know if you don't get that fixed within about two days, everybody's got to be under a boil order mm. in this city, and things could get contaminated. That's some of the stuff nobody even knows about that you go through. That nobody, nobody knows. Everything, everybody's <laughs> got water. Everything's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but we're behind the scenes, going, "Oh boy, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this?" Uh, you go through a recession or for 22 months we live off sales tax here hmm. um, and I do highly recommend that everybody spend as much money as you can in the city <laughs> because the very amenities that, <laughs> that we get um, about uh, uh, most of that over 60% comes from sales tax more like 65 and uh, all that goes into what we do and we went for 22 months my first two years in office and was in negative sales tax numbers and we still kept this city going nobody lost their job wow. Wow. we never lost a job wow. and we kept the city going and moving forward and i thought we ever get out of this recession we'll go places we've never been before and it took us two years and then about 2011 I got my first positive sales tax took off in January 2009 it was like it was like you know the fall of 2011 and suddenly or 2010 excuse me 2010 and suddenly I got my first positive sales. it was like two percent and I thought it was a fortune and I knew everything was going to be paid and we we're going to do a little better you don't plan on those kind of things right but you adapt and you figure out what you're going to do. You come up with a plan. You let that staff, here's what we got to do. We got to make this kind of cuts to keep everybody working. Mm -hmm. Everybody works together as a team and you bond together. Mm -hmm. And you, when you go through stuff, 
and um, surprises. Uh, I've had a few, <laughs> but I've gotten through them. How would you? And it sounds like you've had a lot of really intense experiences. <laughs> but how do you sort of rise above, or, or what advice would you give to students? who are in leadership roles or going to be in leadership roles about how to handle that kind of intense pressure? I don't know if you have any ideas. Well, first of all, what I do when, when the pressure is really, you know, there's a, there's a thing, there's a story they tell. And I always think about this story, and I think it will help people that's going through pressure right now. In the old days, when they first did statues and they made them out of marble, not they were not quite as good like at first when they first started. And they would take uh, uh, marble dust or granite or whatever, and they would take hot wax and they'd melt it and they would smear it all over that statue, and it would look perfect. Hmm. But somebody was buying that statue would come in. And they take a candle and they would run it all over that statue and then all the imperfections was exposed because the heat was applied you see when the heat's applied then all the imperfections come out and so that person that chiseled that statue had two choices they could sell what they'd done short or they could go back and chisel out perfection because of the heat and the things that they had gone through. I would say to you, when the heat's applied, that's when you develop it. It's in the fire of those trials and the, and the imperfections come out. Keep your head and go back and chisel, chisel yourself out a little character and learn from it because I didn't learn anything while I was winning all the time it's those losses and those struggles and that heat and that intensity of the, and the stress that you go there's some mornings and still yet I will go into a mirror in my bathroom and look in that mirror and say well Lionel you're still here I'm still here anybody listen to me today you're still here <laughs> yeah and you do make a difference. So know that the heat that, that's being applied to you now and the stress and the struggle, and many of you are in situations where you, you don't see a better day, there's a better day. Just learn to let that heat shape and mold you into the type of person you need to be. That's how I get through it. I know that everything I go through is for a purpose. And somewhere, somehow, I'll get through this intensity of the heat of this issue that's you know, attacking my very character. And I'll overcome it, and I'll be all right. And at the end of the day, I'll be a better person, person of character and integrity. Would you say that like the ice storm and the recession, right as you were starting your um, duty as mayor, would you say that was sort of one of those things that tested you? It was definitely a test. And would you say that it, in turn, once things were better, made you a better mayor? Because now if we have some other 
natural disaster, I guess. <laughs> You'll be much more prepared. You do. You Like I said, you go through the heat of those that intense fire that, 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 that you just, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, mm -hmm. but you do and you learn. And, and you gotta let that shape you and mold you like that step. I mean, you gotta go back and you gotta go, I gotta get better here. All right, what mistakes did I make? Where do I need to go? How do I need to get better? There's not a day goes by I don't try and figure out how I can be better than I was the day before. I'm in a constant learning, you know, agenda, if you mm -hmm. will, in my life. I'm constantly learning. Okay, I made a mistake there. Where did I go wrong, you know? And then you got to let the past be the past. You got to cut it loose. You've learned from it. You've moved on. And you know, I think you know the thing that I challenge people. I said, get in those places nobody's been before. I said, if you shoot for the heavens, I heard uh, what is it? Uh, Les Brown says, if you shoot for the heavens and miss, you still land among the stars. <laughs> so much of the time, we land for the ground and we hit. And we need to go places. We, we gotta shoot for the for everything, for the heavenlies, you know. And if, if you don't, you're gonna land somewhere amongst the stars. Not, you know. Our, our problem is we gotta we gotta quit thinking that we're gonna fail. Mm -hmm. We gotta believe that we're gonna get through this, and we're gonna get better, and you're gonna move a city forward. You're gonna move forward as a person. I, I certainly and 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 criticism. <laughs> I mean, you're going to suffer criticism. Right. When you get in a leadership role, you're going to have criticism. They're going to, folks will criticize you. If you make the right decision, you're going to get criticized. If, if you make the wrong decision, you're going to get criticized if you make no decision at all. I sit down, I gather, I gather all the facts, make the best decision I know how to make, and I make a call. Mm -hmm. And then I just let the criticism uh, take care of itself. Because I know where I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. And you just got to know that you're going to be criticized. And, and you got that, that skin's got to get thick and it's got to get tough. Because when you make leadership decisions, you're going to get criticized. And how, But, you know, through all of that and through all the experiences, as I said, you know, I, I never learned by all my wins. I learned from my losses mm -hmm. and how to get better and know that there's going to be another day. I think that's great advice. I really like the if you shoot for the heavens and miss, you'll still land amongst the stars. Um, I mean, first of all, that's poetic and pretty. Um, I heard I read that somewhere. Somebody said. But I think that also kind of really applies to college kids because yeah. I know in a lot of areas we're just super afraid to do anything. Like real life seems so daunting when you're in such a comfortable space. Um, and so it's kind of nice to hear, like, once we get out of here, we'll still be okay. So, like, we should try our hardest, mm -hmm. sort of. Oh, absolutely. And don't stay in the comfort zones mm -hmm. because you're going to be stuck, like I said. You know, you don't get stuck where you are today, Lao Chu says. And, you know, mm -hmm. uh, if you never depart, if you never take off and go somewhere you've never been before, you'll never get to where you need to be. Mm -hmm. You'll be stuck right where you are forever we don't never need to be stuck mm -hmm. need to keep moving forward always forward i think you know talking about the way college students you know view things it's really interesting to hear this perspective because when we talk about leadership we often think of success we often think of the wins and you talked about the losses 
And so I think failure is something that really resonates with being, you know, that heat. Like sometimes when you fail, mm-hmm. it takes failure, right? It takes heat. It, it takes does. And nobody criticism. really wants to, to, to go through that. But you're right. going to go through that. Mm-hmm. And you got to be prepared that you know that where I am today is not where I'm going to be tomorrow. My failures do not define me. Mm-hmm. What, what it does, it teaches me. You know, I think uh, Gandhi said, and I believe it's Gandhi said, pain has always been my teacher. That pain, it teaches us. And you don't want to go through it, but it happens. And you learn from that. Okay, here's what I went through. How do I make it better tomorrow? And I will tell you this, when you're with somebody, they pick up where you are. But you know, that's where we have to help one another and to bear one another's burdens and to sense when somebody's going through something and say, hey, you're gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be all right. We get through this together. And that's when you build a better, better world we talk about. Better city, better state, better nation, better world. That's awesome. I love that. Um, I wanted to pivot a little bit. We were talking about this earlier before the recording started, but you said every Saturday you go to different events. Oh. You post, <laughs> post those all on your Facebook. And what did you say that was called that you put on your Facebook? About town pictures. About town pictures. You know, I, I think one of the things that I wanted to be was accessible to use this office to, as the old, you know, you hear a lot of politicians say, well, my office is a people's office, you know, you, you hear all that. But I you really, hear it. I really try, <laughs> exactly. I really try to make this, that happen. Yeah. Um, and that is is moving around. My day begins at 4.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And if you're on my Facebook page and you have a birthday, you're going to get a wish from the mayor on your birthday. <laughs> Really? Yeah, it'll be early. (laughs) But if you're all my all the folks that have you know that I know that they put their birthdays on my Facebook page, Mm -hmm. I'll get a birthday, which I think I did 13 this morning. That's so nice. You're gonna have so many people add you now. (laughs) (laughs) We, you know, we, 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 uh, I sent them a birthday wish, and uh, and then I'm I'm into the office at uh, by six, and I read from six until around seven. I read something and then I start to work at seven, get all my paperwork done. Well, I'll probably read from more like uh, six into 6.30, maybe a quarter to seven. And then I start to work on my paperwork and I'll get everything lined out. And then eight about uh, 7.30, Patty, my assistant comes in, 7.45 and we lay out the day. Then I start to work and I, I'll work until about 11.30 noon when all the meetings and uh, take about an hour for lunch and then I'm, I'm going I go into the night I always say I work from daylight to exhaustion <laughs> uh, but it's but but and then I do Facebook two or three times a day now I started doing Instagram you know like I got some younger folks in it, so yeah. now I'm doing Instagram you know I'm putting up some pictures of, uh, so that's um uh, but I, I will put up also everything that's going on in town. Um, like um, tonight, 
any event that's occurring the next day, well, it'll be on my Facebook page that I can find. Mm -hmm. There'll be five or six or seven of those. So you know what's going on. I do that every night. And yeah, I see this. <laughs> I've found many events that way, right. so thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so you'll see, you know, there'll be five or six of mm -hmm. those or whatever I can find, three or four anyway. And then Saturday, I'll, uh, I start at 7 o'clock. I'm up the farmer's market by 7. I'm at the office at 6, but I'm up the farmer's market at 7. And I have a, a mayor's table up there. I've mm. got... I've got... Um, uh, uh, Beth uh, runs that table. She's she's worked with me uh, with that table for ever since I've been in office. And she will be... Beth Presley, she will be right there at that table. And she will stay there till the farmer's market done. And I'll be there from seven o'clock until say about 10:30. well anybody that wants to see the mayor or discuss anything with the mayor i'm there at the table <laughs> and you know then i'll go around the squares and i'll take pictures all the way around the square i'll put those up and then there might be i can't remember where all i traveled this weekend <laughs> I, I, I know that we did a kind of a pre-farmers market this weekend <laughs> and uh, I went to the Iron Pig run down at the airport, <laughs> and then they had the uh, an event at the uh, uh, Federal Public Library, mm -hmm. and uh, um, it was the uh, Weather Fest. Or, oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Weather Fest, <laughs> and, and then you know we did the Easter egg hunt down to Avon Richardson Center, mm -hmm. and then they had the Easter feed, the Merlin Augustine M in Easter feed. I do that every year where we feed all the uh, people that uh, that are low income or folks that are uh, in poverty, where they can go get a hot meal and so work that. But that was just that's just an example, and and so I travel around. I visit with a lot of people. I will hear a lot of comments about, oh, well, this is great, well, this is terrible, and we need to do this, and you don't need to do that, and you know, I got, I got, I still, I just <laughs> still have a piece of paper and pencil. I write it all down. <laughs> And you just pick up some of the best suggestions. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I mean, you just really do. You just go, well, yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. How can we improve that? Well, okay. Well, I, so you write it all down. I come in on Monday morning and I said, here's what the, you know, the chief of staff always made them, Don Marv. And uh, we've, we've worked together since we were on the council together, which was back in two, 2001. He'll go, okay, why don't we hear this today? <laughs> well, we do this and that and, that, and some of the... Some of the most progressive ideas we come up with have come from people that as you move around town. That's I mean, it's just cool. really yeah, grassroots yeah, government. Really awesome. It still works. <laughs> what do you do when you're not mayoring? Or do you even have well, free time? Well, I don't time? do what that <laughs> 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 You mayor 24-7. <laughs> you know, really, I, uh, do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I always tell folks, you know, there's 24 hours a day, and I always try to get 27. <laughs> um, but um, um, I read, you know, I get a, mm -hmm. a lot of comfort out of reading, and I like hiking um, and uh, backpacking and camping and that sort of thing. But okay. I do a lot of reading. I love getting out in nature with the trees and mm -hmm. like you know that. That uh, Kessler Mountain we bought. Oh, yeah, it's so pretty. I'm, it's beautiful. I'm, it's I'm incredible. Just, and now we got Millsap Mountain, mm -hmm. which is hooked into it. And I got two of them. Uh -huh. It's like bookends. <laughs> and that's like uh, the, just the urban forest alone in both of those is probably about 628 acres. Just yeah. trees. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to pull, put mountain bike trails in there and, and cool. hiking trails. And, yeah. That's awesome. And our trail system, we got 110 miles Oh, of yeah. Trails. Our trail system is very awesome. familiar. Yeah. We just went bike riding two weekends yeah. ago, and, and it's incredible. Sidewalk program. We're mm-hmm. doing over a million dollars a year in sidewalks, and I wanted to build it around schools where every child can walk safely to school. Mm-hmm. Getting off the fossil And that's part of getting off the fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and that's why we preserve all the trees, which preserves the oxygen, which helps keep the uh, greenhouse gases under control. You folks that are probably got a better handle on that than I do. I just know I'm just really into saving trees and cutting the uh, greenhouse gas emissions Mm -hmm. and everything. Um, But I get a lot of comfort in uh, reading and a lot of comfort in in being in the the outdoors, walking the trails, particularly the Kessler trails and stuff like that. And you said you like to backpack and camp too? Oh yeah. Where do you, what are some of your favorite spots to oh, go? Oh, well, you know, on the Buffalo, there's two, mm-hmm. three, yeah. or four of them. I go there. Devil's Den, I still like going in there. Mm-hmm. They've got a couple of backpacking places in there. We're going to get that sort of stuff here. That's that's a goal of mine. So I, well, I got to <laughs> just walk out my back door. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, I think that's just, I love that hiking. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'll go with a friend and we'll yeah. walk through the, you know, we'll visit and, and just a, it's just, boy, I mean, you know, keeping our water clean and our air clean, that's so important. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, hanging on to what we got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. And, I mean, with Arkansas, it's just so beautiful. I mean, it's called the natural it's, state for a reason. It's beautiful, yeah. Um, and so I think it makes sense to preserve it and the entire world. But we do. We have incredible hiking areas, mm-hmm. things like that, just in our own backyard. We do. We live in a blessed place. Mm-hmm. Sure do. Can you tell us about a leader in your life that has inspired you? Oh, well, I've been several. I mean, I, can I kind of go through a yes. few words? <laughs> um, Martin Luther King Jr. had a big impact on my life. Gandhi had a big impact on my life. Um, Emerson, hmm. Ralph Waldo Emerson had a big impact on my life. Um, my wife said a big impact on my life. <laughs> She's been wonderful. She's been my cheerleader. Um, Franklin Roosevelt, Bill Clinton, some of the stuff that he did. Barack Obama did a tremendous job as president. Um, I, I spend a lot of time. I, I, I really like Theodore Roosevelt's positions on uh, the environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really got this thing kicked off Eugene Debs, the great labor activist. Uh, um, Those folks have all had impacts on my life, huge impacts on my life. I've read most of their writings and and, uh, they have been Abraham Lincoln to know what he he went through during the Civil War, Mm -hmm. to know that the country was fractured the things that he went to and the pressure. You talk about somebody that was in the fire <laughs> right. and was feeling the heat. Yeah. Could you imagine? No. Yeah. And he got through that. And so I read a lot of his books on leadership, uh, or books that have been written about him. Um, Sandberg does a great series on him. Um, but those are some of the people. They've all had impact on my life. I think Helen Keller's had a big impact on my life. I think Eleanor Roosevelt had a big impact on my life. 
and oh, I think uh, you know, I think that some of the things that have been written about um, the depression and some of the the great leaders that came out of that depression area, and then the civil rights movement, uh, Jesse Jackson and and Miss um, um, Hamer that came out of that, who said. Uh, Nobody's free until everybody's free. Um, I think she had a big. I read a lot of uh, Maya Angelou's stuff. Mm. She does tremendous stuff. Tremendous okay. writer. Yeah. Uh, I read a lot of her stuff. She's had a big impact on my life too. Eleanor Roosevelt struggled for social mm. justice mm. Um, and women's rights back. You know, a lot of these folks were doing that stuff when it, yeah. it wasn't always cool to do those yeah. kind of things. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, we build, and you know, we that's the kind of foundation. Those kind of leaders, they lay the foundation for you, then you build on that foundation. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you bring the kind of leadership and they build on what? Mm -hmm. The next level from you. And it's all about getting us from point A to point B and all walking together on that journey. Um, it's really funny. Every person we've asked this question for, uh, they always have so many leaders that mm -hmm. they, yeah, there, there's always a lot of people that have influenced them. Yeah, because each one of them has a, a different, you know, they yeah. all work in the same direction, but they have different perspectives. Yeah. And you've got to be, you got to listen to a lot of people. Yeah, a lot yeah. of writings. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mayor Jordan, for joining us yes, today. Thank you so much. Very welcome. Thanks for listening to Walton Biz Talk. This marks the last episode of season three. Thank you to everyone who has listened in and given us advice along the way, and thank you to our guests for sharing your stories. A special thanks to our sound editor, Luis Paganelli Marin, and our transcriber, Samuel Lipson. Our next season airs on January 14th. Tune in as we continue to have casual conversations about professional things. We believe that the conversation on leadership is an important one, which is why we'll be continuing this theme in Season 4. See you in January.